Sunday morning messages at Jordan. We're passionate about learning from the Bible and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we have a child who mentions in the children's sermon that they see Jesus in the picture. So who is this Jesus? Is Jesus in the picture? What do we do? That's our question this month. Who is Jesus as we go into Hebrews? What's he done? Do we see him in every single picture? Where is he? How does he make his presence known? And my goal, again, so that you can kind of understand at the end of the sermon, did I I accomplish it, is that you would recognize how Jesus is unique from everything else in the Scriptures. I mean that, completely unique. There is nothing else in all the Scriptures that compares to Jesus. He has a unique role to play that no one else can complete. The ability for us to find meaning. How many of you would like to have some rest? Anyone willing to admit they'd like some rest? Did anyone get enough rest last night? Anyone willing to publicly say? Okay, yes, okay, a few of you. Now, I'm assuming since maybe 10% of you said you got enough rest, that leaves about 90% of you who would like to do what? All right, so my challenge now is 90% of you want to sleep. Do you realize the challenge I have as a pastor? Here I am preaching a sermon, and you've just told me 90% of you want to sleep. So I, I've now, I now know what I'm up against. I don't always know, but now I know 90% odds against me. So I'm going to try to show you that the rest isn't just in that cushy seat you're sitting on, but you may find rest in something else. See, we find rest in lots of different ways. For some people, we find rest uh, in, a, in a job, in a task. We find rest in an investment. We find rest at a racetrack. We find rest in our children's success. We find success in their getting a good ACT score, SAT score. We find them getting entrance to college. We find them getting in uh, the certain track, all these different things. We find that. But what happens when it all goes awry? What happens when the place we were looking to find rest didn't give it to us? For 90% of you, your bed let you down last night. Or something else. I realize it's going to be something else. But you didn't get the rest that you wanted. So you kind of get me. I know coming in, you also, you're going, I would like to have a little more rest. So go to Hebrews 4. So open up your Bible, your phone, whatever app you're using, but get to Hebrews 4. And as you go there, I'm going to read to you kind of a, a background. And the background is actually where this whole Hebrews 4 dialogue is coming from. Multiple times, as you heard it, things were being quoted. Now, what they're being quoted from is Psalm 95. So stay in Hebrews 4, and I just want to read to you verse 6 to 11 of Psalm 95. So go to Hebrews 4. I just want you to hear the background. So as we're going in Hebrews 4, you can go, aha, now I see that we're calling up again a Psalm of David. This is Psalm 95, as you are there in Hebrews 4. David writes this, Psalm 95, 6 to 11. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof. Though they had seen my work, for 40 years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people gone astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Psalm 95 is writing of the Exodus. It's writing about those 40 years of wandering as people were turned away from God, going other directions, and God said, you're not getting rest on my clock, not if you're going to act that way, not if you're going to turn away from me. 
So he's writing about rebellion, the rebellion of people not trusting in God. Hebrews 4. You guys are all ready. You're already there. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands. Now, I've got three things sitting out there right now. So just so hopefully, uh, maybe you can see this in your mind's eye. You've got the Exodus account. So leave that here in historical timeline. Although, I guess if you're seeing the timeline, maybe my timeline will be backwards for you. Uh, so, yeah, so do I need to put it here? The beginning, yeah, sorry, I just realized that. So here we are, we've got the Exodus, and then Psalm 95 writes again through David and points to what? The Exodus, and talks about that rebellion. And now you are in a third location, Hebrews chapter 4. And you've got Hebrews chapter 4 saying, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, meaning it's happening today. For those writers, they need to be able to look back to Psalm 95, and they also need to be able to look back to the Exodus so they can draw from both of those encounters, the encounter of what took place in the Exodus, what David writes about, and still seeing rest, and then rest coming. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. So somewhere out there, there's someone who might feel like what? I know 90% of you feel this way. You need rest, see? So Hebrews 4 is actually writing to, so 90% of you, you're feeling connected to this text a little more. You're going, yeah, all right, not having rest. That's what he's writing. If you don't feel like you have the rest, if you think you haven't achieved it, you haven't gotten to this thing that you were promised, that you'd feel better if you were closer to God, this chapter is for you. This is helping you to see what this is. But sometimes we get so stuck We get stuck that here is Old Testament story. This is Old Testament story, Exodus, and I read Old Testament story, and then I leave it behind. And then I get to Psalms, and Psalms, great. Sometimes we set them in music, but it's a psalm, and I just leave that, and I kind of set that there. But now I get to New Testament, and okay, New Testament. Now I've got, no, Jesus will probably show up here. My hope for you today is realizing that they're all what? They're all connected. You need all three of these stories to understand what's taking place in the grand narrative. We have to keep in mind Psalm 95, verse 11. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. That that, that was speaking back of that generation that was in rebellion, that they would not have rest. But rest isn't just something that we experience on October 21st, 2018, Mark 10.01 a.m. You see, rest is bigger than that. God's story isn't just about 10.01 a.m. God's story is about providing rest to you in a grand narrative that should take you from Hebrews 4 to Psalm 95 and take you all the way back to the account in Numbers 20. And that's where we're actually drawing some of what's happening uh, in in the Exodus. Some of that's now coming out uh, in Numbers 20. We get some recount uh, of what's taking place there in the wandering. So let's move forward. We're going to let the text of Hebrews continue to illuminate what's happening today as we seek rest. For we have believed, for we who have believed enter that rest. I just want to stop there before I continue. So if you have belief, and what is belief? It's faith in something. Faith that has an object. Now that seems kind of extreme, but to have faith in something, it's got to have something it's holding on to. Most of you have faith in many things in life. You actually do. Like you had faith this morning that when you got to a traffic light and your light was green, you had faith in what? 
Yeah, thank you. You had faith that that red light was going to stop someone else from T-boning you. Because for whatever reason, think about this, you drove through that light at 45 miles an hour. You ever think about that? Yeah, I know you all, are like, you all go home white-knuckled. <laughs> Pastor said, find rest, and now I can't drive. But you have faith. Then the object is that you have confidence in this. For we who have believed enter that rest. The writer of Hebrews is saying, if you have faith, you're going to enter a different rest. Now we're going to find out what that faith's about. Where is it grounded? What's it look like? That's going to happen as we continue through Hebrews 4. But we who have believed enter that rest. As he said, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now again, what's Hebrews 4 referencing? He's referencing, not, not Psalm 95, he's referencing back to what? He's referencing back to the Exodus. These people who are disobedient, who did not believe, who did not think God would provide for them, who thought God was wrong and they needed to go back to Egypt, those people weren't going to find rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. All right, so it just got more interesting, didn't it? Because now we've added, we just added Adam and Eve. Because God's work now is established all the way back at Adam and Eve. So if you want to go all the way to Hebrews 4, you've got to understand God had it all fixed back at the beginning. That his plan of restoration, the promise of a Messiah, the promise of deliverance, the promise of rest was there. And then in the Exodus it was echoed, trust God. David writes and says that promise still stands in Psalm 95. If you would listen, that still stands. The writer of Hebrews says it still stands. This promise is just echoing forward to different people in unique times, same promise. The promise that God will deliver. God will care for us. Now, if you don't kind of see this, and and we're going to go forward, so hopefully you're following me here. The promise given to Adam and Eve that they would have rest. It's given to the Exodus that they would also have rest. David hears that he would have rest. Hebrews writes this as well. But here's a rest that most of you probably know by heart. You didn't know the the verse, but Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Bring me all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give them rest. See, this is Jesus then taking on very clearly, I'm going to give them rest. But remember, the work of Jesus does what? It goes forward and back because he's not just a human, he's fully God. So you've got that rest that's coming forward. He's going to provide that rest across all time. And we've got to understand what he's up to then. Verse 6 to 8. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, to enter what? The rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter, the writer of Hebrews is saying, some people don't have rest. 90% of Jordan Lutheran Church today. And those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. See, many people ask, well, what about those who didn't hear? What about those who haven't been to church? What about those who've fallen away from the faith? The scriptures actually address these tough questions for us. That's what's being addressed here. What about those who fell away? What about those who haven't heard? I start again from verse 6 of Hebrews 4. Since, therefore, it remains for some to enter. Some still haven't made it to that rest. And those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Now, what's our our seminal illustration of this today is the Exodus. That's the seminal one that even David's pointing back to from Psalm 95. Again, he appoints a certain day today, saying through David so long afterwards, and the words already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts 
Now remember, that's David right here, Psalm 95, going, today. Like it's still going to happen today. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So now you start realizing, man, in Hebrews, I really need to know the, I need to know the biblical story to kind of understand what's going on because we just added what? After the Exodus, now we've got Joshua bringing them into the promised land. And that was rest, but it wasn't the rest that Christ alone brings, Matthew 11. It's the rest of what most of you told me you didn't get last night. Because I know 90% of this church isn't without rest. But I didn't ask you about spiritual rest. I asked you about what? Physical rest. See, it's two different things. There is a physical rest for the day and a spiritual rest for the soul. And the spiritual rest is what's happening in Hebrews 4. Where am I going to find ultimate rest? Because Joshua gave the people rest. They came into the land of Canaan. They did. They make it to the promised land. But that wasn't the end. There's a reason why the Bible has more after Joshua. Because we haven't seen the deliverance that was established when? Back in Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. The promise that one would come after, that there would be offspring of Eve that would deliver the entire world. That this whole breakdown, the rebellion that happens in the garden would be restored. There's a greater rest coming. Verse 9. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Now, this is one of those interesting passages. So if, if you kind of want your, your tidbit, if you're a, give me a sermon with a tidbit to take away, here it is. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. This is a fine, wonderful word, Sabbath rest. But what's interesting is, did you know that the word here for Sabbath rest is only used in this one place in the Bible? Sabbatismos. And it refers to a Sabbath rest, something different than physical rest, and it's only uniquely given to the people of God. So this isn't just a Sabbath rest like, oh man, hey, it's Sunday morning. We should uh, just relax today. No, no, this Sabbatismoth rest is for the people of God so that we start realizing there's something unique that people of God do to find rest. It's a new universal community that all people can come into, Jews, Gentiles alike, but they're going to find Sabbatismoth rest. Which again, the English is fine. I'm just showing you that the Greek gives you this kind of unique phrase. So that when you say that this community that's going to find this special rest are called what? The people of God. Now what follows in verse 11 and 12 actually tells you how that people do it. Now sometimes you've heard this passage about the Bible being a two-edged sword and you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, so now I can use the Bible like a sword on people and I can, like, I can chop them with the Bible and do all this different stuff. And did you realize that actually what's happening in verse 11 and 12 is describing to you how you find sabbatismos, how you find Sabbath rest as God's people that changes how you read 11 and 12. It says, now you read 11 and 12 and go, how do I find this rest? Well, here's how. Let us strive, therefore. So sabbatismos rest for the people of God is found how? Let us strive, therefore, to enter that rest, which is referring to what? The that rest refers to verse 10. That's its referent. It's pointing back to say that rest that you want to find so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Disobedience is what? (laughs) Exodus. Disobedience is Adam and Eve. See, it's covering all. It's pointing back. Don't be disobedient. You'll find rest how? For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the hearts and thoughts and intentions. Can you imagine that? That's what the Word of God does. It cuts down to your marrow, to your innermost thought. Your neighbor doesn't do that. God's Word does that. If you want to find rest, you need to find yourself engaged in the Scriptures. 
So why enter rest? Why do you guys want rest? 90% of you didn't get it. Why do you want rest? You can tell me. You can shout it out loud. Why, is, why do you like rest? <laughs> this is great. No, you can actually answer it today. It's not rhetorical. Why do you want rest? Yeah. I mean, I knew you knew the answer because you're tired. Because this thing called life sometimes does what? It just exhausts you. You just get tired. So let's consider then the challenge that Psalm 95 is talking about in detail is actually Moses and Aaron, as the people of Israel come out of Egypt, they stop listening to God. They almost make it to Canaan. And as they almost make it to Canaan, uh, they kind of run out of water. Moses and Aaron pray and say, all right, we need some water, Lord. God says, all right, I want you to speak to a rock. And you're going to speak to that rock and it'll bring forth water. Well, Moses speaks to the rock, then grabs a staff and taps it two times. And God says, you're out. No promised land for you, Moses. I told you to talk to the rock. I didn't tell you to touch it. I didn't tell you to hit your staff against it. You're out. Now, for some of you, you're going, that's extreme. How dare he? Moses did all that really good work for God. Remember what God did and didn't say to Moses. All he said was, you're not going where? To the promised land, which is about a physical, current, present reality. Moses is still in God's comfort and protection. He just said, you don't get to experience that joy right now. You'll have it at ultimate rest. He will. Moses is indeed now with the Lord in his presence. But he just said, hey, your disobedience isn't going to get you there today. God truly wants us to understand what he's doing. Numbers 20 gives you that account of Moses being kicked out. Now, Joshua has to take his place. Joshua is the one that takes them in, uh, gets them there. The people were disobedient. They couldn't come in. Moses was disobedient. He couldn't come in. Because God sees us as we are. Prior to Christ clothing you with his righteousness, he sees you as you are. Look at Hebrews 4.13. No creature is hidden from his sight, not even Moses. Who is this Jesus? Jesus is greater than Moses. Who is this Jesus? He is greater than Joshua. Who is this Jesus? He is greater than Adam. He is greater than Eve. He is greater than David. See, the writer of Hebrews doesn't say any of those were the one. They were just people to help you understand how the promise of rest is being carried throughout time and will take you ultimately to Jesus. No creature is hidden from his sight. There is no biblical superhero save Jesus. Unless I offend any of you, Jesus is no superhero. (laughs) He is God made flesh. He is God incarnate. He's not Superman. He's not Spider-Man. He didn't, some fluke happened to him. He has been from the beginning of time. He called the world into existence and desires that world he made to come back into full communion with him. That's his story. That's the rest. No creature is hidden from sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now remember, we started a few verses ago, uh, and Hebrews was talking about the Genesis account. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Now we get this picture of, remember in Genesis, Adam and Eve were naked and they were what? I mean, initially, Genesis 2.25, they're naked and they're okay. Sin comes in and now they just think, man, we got to cover, we got to hide all this stuff. You and I live in a world where we're trying to hide from God. That's what we do. Uh, and when we have stuff we want to report to God, we're real good at it. Oh, I did these great things this week. I helped my neighbor. I wrote cards. I did this. I made a big donation to a charity. Uh, I helped do this. You know, oh, our church is getting flood buckets. I'm all for it. But don't think the flood buckets are what make God happy. What makes God happy is you're here praising his name. The flood buckets are just an outflow of that, and you do it with joy. Now, I know that the origin of flood buckets in this congregation isn't too earnest. I know that. You know that. But realize someone else may not. So when they say, why did you guys have flood buckets? 
because Christ first loved me. Own that reality. That is who we are. That's how we find rest. Who is this Jesus? He is the one who gives you the rest that the world cannot give. As we walk through the rest of Hebrews, I want you to continue here. He is the one you could not find rest in Eden once there is rebellion. You could not find rest in the wandering in the wilderness. Even when they get to Canaan, there is no rest. David gets there and he says, it's still going to happen today. The promise of rest is real for you and I today. And that promise will find itself for you and I as the Lord comes and says, take, eat, this is my body given for you. God knows each of you by name. You may sit here and say it's nice to hide in a congregation. Not hide, but to be in a congregation. I feel like there's many of us here. I agree. But realize God knows you individually. What Christ did, he did for you. He did because he knows you. You're fully exposed to him. <laughs> You're naked in the front of God. And you know what God said? I'm going to clothe you with the righteousness of my son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person. On behalf of everyone at Jordan, we hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior, Jesus Christ, every Sunday morning at 930 at Beaver Creek Cinemas in the peak of good living, Apex, North Carolina.